What's going on, everybody? Thank you for taking our time to listen to uh, my podcast, Staying on Point with yours truly, Joey and the place to be. I'm glad that you took out time of your busy schedule to be with us tonight. And I'm excited. I'm excited because we got two guests in here that are going to be uh, talking with me about certain topics. And the, the, the title that we're talking about is Emotionally Close But Spiritually Far. And so we've been talking about how these emotions uh, can actually push us, to be honest with you, they can actually push us closer to people who we don't need to be close to. And at the same time, push people away that we need to be close to. Wow, that's already deep as it is. We're done. Class is over. Podcast is done. Because a lot of times our emotions uh, make us push people away that really need to be with us. And and at the same time, we we get attracted to, uh, with our emotions, people who are going through the same thing that we're going through. Because we don't want to feel left out. We want to feel justification on why we behave the way we do. So uh, welcome, welcome to, to everybody who's listening on the podcast and welcome to my guest today. So let's go in, let's go in. Uh, so the title of, of today's class is Emotionally Close. Well, that's a, that's the theme of the, of the studies. Um, emotionally Close but Spiritually Far. And the subtitle is basically understanding that emotions could be the only reason why you're spiritually far from God. And so when I first started this this podcast, it was, it was based upon uh, like real life, situations, real life um, problems, and how we can really understand that there's there's always a biblical scripture. There's always some type of resource that is biblical to help anybody in their situation. Now, the it's real tricky because there could be people that are dealing with bipolar, um, schizophrenia, depression, anxiety. So when it gets to that, when it gets to that point of, of, you know, like, that type of, of, of conversation, then obviously it needs to be a little bit deeper because it needs to be a little bit more professional. So, so yeah, so basically what we were talking about is, um, the, the importance of understanding how bad emotions or how good they can be depending on how you use them. So we've been talking about that sometimes when you get into a situation where you, you don't even know that you're dealing with bipolar or you know you don't know that you have schizophrenia because a lot of people let's just be real a lot of people are scared to, to get that you know told to them by their doctor or by a doctor say hey listen you know you know I've seen this I've seen this you have symptoms of autism you have you have symptoms of you know being bipolar or being you know schizophrenia whatever so instead of us realizing that we have a problem we neglect it we push it off to the side and then we get to the point where when it's too late We've already crushed all the relationships that were good for us. And the only thing that we did was attract the relationships that were bad for us. And so that's what we were talking about, that sometimes it's not even the enemy. Sometimes it's sometimes it's us and who we choose to be around, depending on the emotional stability or better yet, the instability of a person's emotions that makes them make the decisions that they do. So that's what we're talking about today. So like I said, we're here live. We got some some uh, some guests here and we're going to be going deep into biblical scripture, but we're also going to be as real as can be. So let's go on. So we, we, we want to make sure that we understand. OK, we talked about it last week that the first step is the, the, the hardest step. I don't know about y'all, but the first step into doing anything is that is the hardest so for me. It will always be the hardest. So it, it, what I'm saying is 
when you have to make a decision, that first step is, is the hardest. Because once you start going, you already made a decision. Now you gotta just put one foot in the other. But to make that decision, to make that decision is crazy. Come on now, yeah, yeah, you got it. What do y'all think? What do y'all think? Talk to me. I call that ripping off the bandaid. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's yeah, a, rip off the bandaid. That's a that's a good technology terminology for that, you know. And, and it's true because there's certain things that we want, certain things that we desire, but we also have to understand that there's certain things that God Himself puts in our hearts as a desire. The issue is making that first step. And I'll take that into consideration what you said, you know, ripping the bandaid off, even before you rip it off, you're already thinking like, ooh, ooh, ooh. and then, you know, I don't know about you, but when I used to have like a, a, a you know, cut or something like that, I used to be like, especially on my forearm hairs, I used to pull it off little by little. Cause I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. So, so that's, that's where that terminology in my opinion comes from, where it's like, you gotta be quick. It's going to hurt, but at least you'll do it quick. You won't be in pain. So I have here in your journey that uh, there's not going to be a tougher step. There may not be a tougher step than the first one. Um, it's not said that the other steps are going to be tough, but the first step is hard because no one else. And that's a big point. So if, if you're writing any notes uh, for anybody who's listening on the podcast and anybody who's, who's on here tonight and on with me live, I want you to understand that, that the first step is hard because no one else can make that step other than you. So it, it, it's not... It's not that that it's just because it's the first step is because nobody can make that step for you other than you. They can give you ideas. They can support you or better yet, in some many cases, so many cases, when you go and you tell somebody about your idea, your vision or your desire, some people don't want to see you continue to keep growing. So they'll give you stuff so that way you can contemplate on that and not do anything. So you can stay exactly where they're at. So nobody can make this first step other than you. So if you really want to understand what your problem is, you have to make the first step to discovering what it is. And nobody can do that other than you. I can help guide you. The pastor can help guide you or your your life coach can guide you. But you have to make the first decision. Yes. Go ahead. And no one else's journey is your journey. So you have to be confident in yourself and know that I need to do this for me and not for anyone else. You can't do it for anyone else. You have to do it for yourself. Right. Like no one else is going to want your journey the same way that you want your journey. So if you're going to step out and do something, you just have to be confident in yourself and give it a chance. It's yes. what I see around me and, and I've seen in my life that, you know, as if you're connected to God and you are connected to your passion, anything is possible, Yes. but you can't let other people dictate what you're going to do or, Oh, well, they didn't help me with this, so I can't do it. No, you've got to do it. You've got to just rip off that bandaid and give it a try. Right. And that and that's a good evaluation because it's the truth. You know, we, we live in we live in a world where uh, if the majority, if we have a group of people and it's a majority in our lives, in our inner circle that are agreeing with our decision and it makes it easier for us to make the first step. But it doesn't always mean that it's the correct step to make. So how do we know? How does somebody know? How do you know? How do I know that a de- the decision that we need to make or that we're about to make is the right one? And, and that's how the emotions get the best of us. So if fear overwhelms us, then we'll stay exactly where we're at. We'll never do anything. Okay. So, and, and it's real important that no one else can do this other than you. So if you want to change, then only you can, can make this happen. 
through God, obviously. Only God can make it possible, but you have to make this happen because you're the one that wants to change. Other people may say, oh, well, you need to change or, oh man, you know, you've changed so much and you need to, you need to go back to where you were and, and you were so nice back in the day. And so if people are commenting on that, then they're commenting that they see a problem and they, they, they're basically telling you because of your action and your attitude now, something must have happened. And the only person who can change that or decide to change that is you. You know what I mean? You, you have to change it. But at the same time, you have to, you have to get rid of the justifications of why you have that emotion. You know what I'm saying? So let me give you a perfect example. If, if you hold on to being real, um, real outspoken, you know what I mean? And what I mean by outspoken is like, you can care less about anybody else's opinion or, or, or feelings or why? Because if you do, then you become vulnerable. So you tell yourself and your mind tells you, Hey, uh, I, I'm not dropping this because once I do, and I let my walls down, my guards down, everybody else is going to take advantage of me because they did it before. So I'm not doing that no more. So all of a sudden, now you start getting to the point where you don't change at all because of the fear of being quote unquote vulnerable. So those emotions will stop you from moving forward and taking the first step. All right. So one move could be to accept what you have been doing and feeling. You can't overcome something that you that you deny. That's and that's another point. You can't overcome. You cannot overcome something that you deny. That's one of the things that we talked about last week. So if you and I deny what our problem is, guess what? We'll never overcome it. You can't be surprised that you're still dealing with it 10 years later because you denied it for 10 years. Okay. So um, one of the things that I, I wanted to share with you, and I'm just revising it, is Galatians 5, 19 to 21. And I put, uh, you know, this in the, in the context. Everyone has one or more of these emotions working inside of them. Remember, before you can experience freedom, you must know your chains. So Galatians 5, 19 to 21 breaks it down um, where it, it says, you know, the, the fruits of the flesh or, you know, the works of the flesh are this. You know, and, and it's uh, fornication, sexual morality, you know, uh, evilness, you know, all those stuff, you know, uh, uh, foul mouth, uh, foul vocabulary, whatever the case may be. You'll see it in Galatians 5, 19 to 21. That's why I said everyone has one or more of these emotions working inside of them for these to come out. You know what I mean? So for somebody to, to live in fornication, which is sex before marital, I mean, before marriage, then it's only because of the simple fact that what's in them already, just the way it is. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, I think it could be a lot of, it could be past trauma too, right? That you have emotion about. Like I think of when I was laid off of my job a year ago, you know, there's still some emotion and I've done a lot of work to deal with that, but there's still a lot of emotional anxiety around certain things that now when certain things happen in my current job, which my current job's going awesome, but certain things happen and it like triggers something and you have this emotion, it's hard to overcome that. Yeah. Um, so I think people, and that's just an example, but I think there's a lot of, there could be a lot of um, emotional triggers that you have for different things that have happened in your life that make mm -hmm. you feel a certain way. You're, you know, you know, something happened with your parents or something happened with a family member or something happened with you know, bullying at school. I don't know, mm -hmm. whatever it is mm -hmm. um, that can, can, hold you back from what you're meant to do or from overcoming that hurdle in your life, big or small.
Yeah, yeah, it and that's be a, something small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that something small could be made huge or could make your decision, you know, this big because it's been sitting and festering in your life for so long. So, you know, one of the points that I wanted to give across is that soon we're gonna hit the topics in this group um, and in this podcast of triggers, of how triggers actually are a huge, huge reason why we are the way that we are and why we act and speak the way that we speak, okay? So like I said, remember before you can experience freedom, you must know your chain. So you can't you can't really get free of your chains uh, of, of doubt if the key that you have is is strength. You know, you gotta have a key of faith for you to, to unlock yourself of doubt. So you can't you can't you can't use a key that's on the contrary of your chains. So a lot of people believe, like let me give you an example, oh being nice will will help me break you know the bitterness chains and in reality it's not that for you to overcome bitterness is for you to allow yourself to be loved so the key is actually love so love will actually open those those chains of bitterness so we have to be really careful and we have to really admit to ourselves hey this is my situation this is my problem until we do that these emotions will always get the best of you and always give you the justification of doing what we're doing okay all right, so I'm gonna give you reasons or justifications to your emotion or to our emotion, okay? Anxiety, there's no surprise there. Many people deal with this emotion on a daily basis, but anxiety, and I want you guys to see this, anxiety is the result or the outcome of the real problem deep inside, okay? So let's look up Philippians 4, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7, okay? Anxiety is the result and the outcome of the real problem deep inside. So anxiety is 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 what is left of something festering in someone's heart for a long time or for a specific amount of time. So let me give you an example. Uh, you you and I weren't born with anxiety. You see what I'm saying? So anxiety is either taught in us, whether it's vocally or whether it's it's unexpectedly. Um, uh, or it's getting like, like you said, you know, through past experiences, but anxiety is only going to overcome you when you think too much of what could happen or what might not happen. So as those thoughts start coming in your brain, right? Anxiety starts filling up. So what is that? Anxiety is the result and the outcome of you thinking too many things at the same time when you shouldn't. So anxiety will overcome you when your mind is running a million miles a minute of what could happen or what might not happen. So anxiety, you can't really attack anxiety if you don't attack the source of why you're so anxious. So you can't say, oh, well, I'm going to overcome this spirit of anxiety just by prayer. It doesn't work like that. Prayer does work. But let's be real because this podcast and these classes are for real situations. Prayer does work, but if you're anxious, you're not going to pray because your mind is thinking too many things. So if you're anxious when you're praying, you won't finish and be effective uh, with your prayer life anyways. Why? Because the situation is in your mind. So the reason why you are dealing with anxiety and being anxious on a consistent level is because you're thinking of what might happen and what might not happen, depending on your situation. 
So let's look up Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And when you have it, just let me know with an amen. And then if I can have a volunteer to read it, that'd be great. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. While you're looking for that, it's it, like I said, it's real important. Uh, and and I, I I am not saying that these classes are going to be like your answer to overcoming anxiety, because I truly believe that anxiety is goes real deep. And sometimes you need to talk to somebody that's professional, because what ends up happening, like I said, people like what somebody says and they'll take it into consideration not understanding that if you're not licensed okay then you might want to be careful about what you take from other people because anxiety is such a, 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 a just a sensitive subject because anything can trigger anxiety anything can trigger anxiety it, it could be it could be Somebody who told you that they were going to be there at, at five o'clock and it is literally 4.52 and you are tripping. You are going nuts. You're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God what is he going? It is 4.52. It's not five o'clock yet. So before it even happens, your mind is already saying they're not going to show up. They're not going to come. Birthday parties, um, graduations, special events, um, weddings, you know what I'm saying? Like anything that you can think of the anxiety builds up to another level when people's um presence are not around when they said that they would be around that's a humongous trigger okay so philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 ladies have it okay somebody read it for me please i would greatly appreciate it it says thank him for all he has done then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Mm -hmm. His peace will guard your heart and as you live in Christ Jesus. Yes, yes, you see that? So Christians are still dealing with this, but it only happens when we take out more effort to focus on what is not happening than what is happening. So based upon that verse, we, what, what is it saying? What is it saying? I'm gonna take my Bible out too. What, what is it saying there in, in chap, chapter 4, Philippians, verse 6 and 7? What is that saying? In your own words, what do you think that means? Let's just look at it. Okay? Basically, put him first and everything else will fall into place. Okay. So, put him first. Let's take that. You are correct. Put him first. But if you're dealing with anxiety, could you actually put God first if you're dealing with anxiety? Do you see what I'm saying? You're right. Yeah. You're right, because that's exactly what the verse says. You know, there's a lot of people who actually say, hey, listen, it says this. And that's why I ask, because everybody could have a different different situation, a different answer. But the whole point of it is, is uh, based upon your answer, I agree with. The issue is, is that if we have anxiety, you know, then how could we focus on God if we're only dealing with anxiety in our lives because we're focusing on things that we don't have control over. See what I'm saying? So if, yeah. if, if, if you can't pray, then you have to be honest with yourself and say, the only reason why I don't pray is not because I don't know how to pray. It's just because I'm think, I think too much of the things that happened to me, the things that didn't happen to me, the things that people said, the people, uh, the things that people didn't say when I needed it. So all those things stop somebody from saying, that's it, we're done. I'm not even praying no more. 
What else? Who else? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, if remember, we're talking about anxiety. What, what organ in our body is affected the most with anxiety? Where is anxiety? It's here in the brain, right? So if we look at verse uh, 7, for you to get rid of the chains of anxiety, what does the key need to be for you to unlock that? It's in verse 7. The key of what? Peace. That's right. The key of peace. So you and I need peace. Okay. And we need to believe in peace for us to be able to get rid of the anxiety. Why? Because anxiety is present when there is no peace. If, if that's the truth, that means that when peace is present, there is no anxiety. So if we're dealing with anxiety, then what we're, what we're saying is in our lives at that specific moment, we do not have the peace and we need to have the peace. It's not saying that, you know, you're going to be at peace with everyone. I'm saying you are at peace. The person going through the situation is at peace. If the person is at peace, okay, with themselves and with their decision, then regardless of how everybody else is going to take it, right? They're not going to be dealing with anxiety. They're not going to be anxious because they made a decision because in their mind, they're at peace. And the reason why their mind is at peace is because at that specific moment, they were able to focus on God. They were able to not be anxious for nothing, but in everything, during everything, uh, in prayer and Thanksgiving, we can actually talk to God. So even while we're waiting for an answer, he's basically saying, listen, while you're waiting, don't worry about it. Don't be anxious because while you're waiting, keep talking because by the time you get to the end of your sentence, by the time you get to the end of where you need to be, everything will be answered. But you and I have to focus on what we need to focus on, which is God. But how can we do that if we're dealing with anxiety? How can we do that if every time that we do something, you know, we get to the point where it's like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm dealing with this situation. I can't take it anymore. I feel alone. I feel this. I feel that. Well, anybody who comes up to you and tells you, you know, you can do it or God loves you or God has something great. You're not going to agree with it. You're not going to accept it because your mind is too cluttered. It's, it's way too cluttered. It's like if you fill a, a, a glass of water all the way to the brim with water, you know what I'm saying? If you turn on the faucet, it's just going to what? It's going to overflow. You know what I mean? And if it's overflowing, how can you like put a, 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 a lemon or, or ice cube and, and expect it just to kind of stay there? It's going to keep moving around. It's going to keep overflowing. And you'd be lucky to actually see the ice pop right out because anything that's full and everything that's continuously, you know, being filled, nothing can go in there. You can't put nothing else in there because it's full. You know, when you go to the, when you go to the gasoline station, you're putting gas in your car, it only goes to a certain extent, right? It only goes, you go full, bah, 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 and that's it. And if you keep pulling it, it it'll just keep, pop, that little latch will keep popping. And if you go past that, the, the gas will what? It will overflow out of the gas tank and onto your car and onto the floor. It's the same thing with anxiety. If you have too much stuff in your brain and you're thinking about things that you shouldn't be thinking about, 
What ends up happening is that you're overflowing with so much negativity, so much worry, so much concern that the anxiety is overwhelming you that you're not going to capture and you're not going to focus what God is trying to tell you through his son or through a Bible study or through a song or through a sermon or even through a Bible uh, verse. Am I making sense? I do, I do want to say, can I say something quick? Of course. Um, I think, and I keep looking about, uh, um, trying to um, look at the beginning of that verse where he says, do not be anxious about anything. But I think it's, it's hard. We are human and we are going to have anxiety. And the more we go to him and try and find that peace, the more we will get out of that cycle of anxiety. But it's a, it's a hard cycle to break. But I think the more you do try and connect with your, your faith, the better it's going to get. It's not going to happen overnight and it's not going to happen in, you know, one meditation or one prayer or one Bible reading. So I think we have to be persistent in our faith. Mm -hmm. um, even if we're, we're missing, even if, like you said, we're missing what he's trying to tell us because we are trying to get out of that fog. But if we keep trying at it, it will happen. Um, but it's not going to be like a magic switch that you turn. So we're all going to have moments of anxiety. I think we're all going to, you know, sometimes we're, we're stuck in these cycles. I was stuck in a cycle for like a year of anxiety where, um, because I had passed out at work mm. and I kept thinking I was going to pass out again at work Yeah. and I would have this terrible anxiety. So it takes time to fight it. And it's not that you might not be looking for God to help answer it, but yes, you have these walls up, but you just have to keep working at it and, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been blessed that I was able to get myself out of it, but it could happen again. If I pass out again, it's probably, you know, it could have happened again. <laughs> but, but just to say, like, I think we have to have hope that we can get ourselves out of it. Not that, oh, if we're anxious, we, we pray and it's, you know, we're not going to hear him. If we're anxious, we should pray, I think mm -hmm. is what I think about. If we're anxious, we should pray. And if you can just get to that point when you think about in my daily life, when I'm sitting around and I'm freaking out, remember to pray or remember to find that verse that centers you or remember to do that thing that centers you um, mm -hmm. spiritually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And if we can look to that thing and keep doing that, that's what can guide us out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I that makes sense. That's no, no, no. Yes. It's my cool. Experience anyway. No, no, it's cool. And, and I, and I should believe that. It's a blessing to hear that because I know that there's other people, male and female, that that I, I don't even there's I still believe there's still many people out there that are dealing with anxiety and don't even know that that is the problem. You know what I'm saying? Like they're dealing with like, I don't know why I keep worrying and I keep going this and they don't call it what it is. They're just like, oh, that's normal. That's something that I that's just me. And it's like, no, you're dealing with anxiety. And that's the problem. If you don't deal with anxiety, you'll never be able to overcome it if you keep denying it. So I wanted to jump on that. Um, and I want to ask the two young ladies as well. You know, y'all can jump in um, about something that you said is like, you know, uh, anxiety is not really, really going anywhere. You know, it doesn't matter where we go. Anxiety is a part of life. Anxiety is this and so on. So the issue, the issue that, that I have um, with, with, understanding that and, and realizing that that it, it's a true statement in itself uh, in sorts is that if we already know that we're going to be dealing with it, shouldn't our responsibility be to, to, to work on ourselves 
to be ready for that, you know, before it even happens. Let me give you a perfect example. If we know that we're going to deal, let's just put the church stuff to the side. Even if we don't go to church, okay, we're always going to worry about something. Whether if we have kids, um, you know, oh man, our kids, you know, they're to school and so on and so forth. Or worrying about, because, you know, we don't have any kids. Oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm getting older and I don't have any life. So, so all those things start running through your mind. What I'm saying is, if that is a true statement, okay, and if that is the reality of, of it, okay, the anxiety that we're all going to deal with it, regardless of who we are, we can't deny it, the anxiety is going to be present, then I, I feel like we should already be working on how to prevent or to, you know, counteract the anxiety, you know? I mean, it's like, it's like basically saying, if, if you knew full well that, uh, uh, that money was not going to be present in your bank all the time of your life, then with that notion already, you should be like, well, if that's the case, then I want to work on making sure that I have enough saved up. So that way, when those moments of dry, uh, uh seasons of the finances happen, I'm okay because I saved up for that because I saw that it, it was coming. And I feel like it's, it should be the same for anxiety. I feel like if, if anxiety was always present and is always going to be present, I feel that it is our duty and our responsibility to say, you know what? If I cannot get away from anxiety, what can I do to counteract it when it shows its face? You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's not it's not saying that you know you're denying that anxiety is ever going to be present. But what I'm saying is, all right, if if it's going to be present, shouldn't we basically say, well, I'm not going to wait till anxiety presents itself for me to know how to overcome it? And, and counteract it. No, 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 no. I'm going to, to, to practice and I'm going to study and I'm going to try to prevent and prepare myself for when it does present itself in front of me, whether it's at the age of 30 or at the age of 18 or at the, you know, when I get my first house or when I get my second house or when I go to college, whatever the case may be. I, I just feel like a lot of us nowadays, we wait till certain things happen, till we see anxiety to all of a sudden try to overcome it. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that we could ever do as human beings. What do y'all think? Young ladies up in the place to be, what do you think? And you as well, anybody can talk. What do you think about what I'm saying? And for all of you who are on the podcast, y'all can leave your messages on there as well. Just reach out. What, what, what do y'all think? If we know for well that anxiety is never going to go anywhere, it's always going to be present uh, present in, in people's lives and always going to feel like it's overwhelming us. So should we wait till that happens to try to all of a sudden, oh, oh, wait a second, I'm going through this. I got to find out how to overcome it. Or should we be preparing ourselves so that way we know how to defend and and, and counteract when, it, when anxiety knocks on your door? What do y'all think? You guys speak up. It's, it's off. The mic is off. The mic is off. You guys speak up. It's all right now. It's all right now. What do y'all, what do y'all think? Like, I, I see it from this point. Like I said, I'm going based upon what uh, the young lady said. That said, listen, uh, uh, anxiety is always going to be present. It's not like it's going to go anywhere. Okay? So if that's the truth, okay, which I, I agree with, anxiety is always going to be present. Maybe not in my life uh, all the time, but it's going to be present in, in, in the atmosphere. 
You see what I'm saying? It's going to be present in a co-worker's life, in a marriage that you know, uh, in, in a church uh, member. You know, it's always going to be, you're always going to see it. If, if it's not in your life, you're going to see it in the lives of loved ones and, and friends and co-workers. And so, so what do you do? Because anxiety can lead to suicide. Anxiety can lead to depression, which depression will lead to suicide. You know what I'm saying? So if, if we don't nick it in the behind now, Okay, then it will only get worse. So what I'm saying is, do you think that we should be preparing to counteract and defend ourselves and overcome anxiety when it presents itself and not just wait till it overcomes our life to all of a sudden say, oh man, oh my gosh, I got to stop worrying. No, 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 no. You're you saying I got to stop worrying. That's not the first step. You just said it out loud. You just confessed out loud in the atmosphere that you're worried. So now you're basically, you should, that's my opinion. You should be saying, you know what? If I said that I'm worried, then I'm, I, I got to proclaim that as I proclaim that I'm worried, I got to also say, you know what? Since I said it out loud, I already confessed my problem, my situation. Worry is my problem. So now I have to work on how to overcome worry. But I think a lot of the problems of, of people nowadays, whether they're Christian, atheist, you know, whatever type of person they believe in, whatever they are or wherever they are. OK, I believe that a lot of us wait till something bad happens for us to try to start to learn how to overcome it. And whether we do it on purpose or we do it, you know, nonchalantly, it, it, it feels like and it, and it sense it's like sense like, oh, you just lost this, 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 and this, and this. And that. What are you going to do? Now, all of a sudden, now the person is running amok trying to figure out how to fix things when in reality, we should be preparing for these moments because these moments, like you said, these moments are going to happen with or without us being ready. So what do y'all think? Um, I, all right, I have something to say. It's like something around, like around here. It's like, I admit, I, ha- I haven't... I wasn't praying as much as I should be. So when I would have situations or problems, I would catch myself like, oh my God, praying like so much. And like basically like asking, like begging for help. And I'm just like, why when I'm anxious and something's happening, why do I pray? Mm-hmm. Then why should I prepare myself mm-hmm. when the time comes? It's mm-hmm. like um, a few months ago, I lost, I lost my job at the nursing home. Then I wasn't working for a while. So it's like, I'm, I had money, I was prepared, but it's like, I'm paying bills, but not working. And it's like, when the time hit, I had negative. I was stranded all the way, like an hour away. I was like, oh my gosh, I have no money. I, I, I don't need, I didn't have a gas. I'm like, how am I gonna get back home? And I'm stressed. And then on the way back, like it just hit me. Like I just started crying on my way back. Like I called my mom, I was like, transfer me some money so I could, I could pay the gas. And on the way, I was like crying, and I'm just like, okay, I have this much money for so I get paid. And I was like, when do I even get paid? So I had to learn at that moment, like, just relax, take it easy, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. day by day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's it's as simple as that. It's like that from 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 one extreme to the next. And I love the way that you said it because you said, well, it, I, I, it's the same thing as when I pray. 
I pray a lot more when the situation is already present. What I need to do, and from what I understand that you said, I'm just paraphrasing it, is that what I need to do is I actually need to have a, a life of prayer before the things happen. And so now, if, you know what I'm saying? Like now, if you stay without gas and you stay without money, now is just your 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 ignorance. You know what I mean? Is now is just your your attitude. Now it's just like you don't care because you you should have learned from the first time. You, you see what I'm saying? And and I and and that's a perfect example. Is saying, well, why would you wait till you have no money to all of a sudden start praying? You know what I'm saying the prayer life should be there because you and I are going to go through situations like that. And it's the same thing with anxiety. Now you dealt with a lot of stuff because of this situation. And on the way back, after you got gas, after you got the money for gas, that's when you started, you know, you started kind of letting it out. But think about it. When you got the money for gas and you were able to call your loved one to get money for gas, was the first thing that came into your mind as you were driving back to where you needed Thank you, God, for coming through for me because I knew for well I was not going to make it. Oh, my Lord. Or was it like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my money. Was it option B? Do you see what I'm saying? So even in the midst of anxiety, it will stop you from praying to God and seeing the positive. Somebody that you called that didn't have to give you nothing. Gave you something for your behind to get home. But the only thing that you could think about was like, what am I going to do? I don't got no money. I don't. So the anxiety level was at a point where it made you not even realize that the blessing was already done. With or without your prayer life. You see what I'm saying? Anybody else want to do uh, say something? Thank you. Thank you, young lady. Thank you. Who else? Anybody want to say nothing? Now we can go on. It's real important for us to understand this because I truly believe as, as, as humans, we get to the point where we wait too late to do things or we get to the point where we wait at that specific moment. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it's like, it's like if you, if you, if you want to get married, just an example, or if you want to buy a house, let's just take a house, you know, <laughs> you don't save up money, you know, for five 10 years but then when you're when you're 16 but then when you're about to go to 30 you got a thousand dollars in your pocket you know and twenty dollars in the bank account and you and you mad at god and you mad at everybody in the world because you don't have no money for no house and nobody's helping you get a house so all of a sudden now you're anxious for something that you're behind and my behind should have been saving up for in the first place because it was something that we wanted. Nobody wanted that for us. It was our decision. It was our moment. It was our goal. So why do we wait till when the situations happen for us to try to figure out how we're going to overcome? Why do we wait till anxiety overwhelms us for us to say, oh my gosh, how am I going to overcome this? It's already too late at that moment. Because nothing that you say or nothing that anybody tells you is going to stick to you right away because your mind is too full of negativity. Your mind is too full of the past. Your mind is too full of what you're used to. So I I believe that one of our situations is that we wait till the last moment or the moment of for us to try to make it right. 
then anxiety will always win. If you if we wait to that moment, anxiety will always win. Because our our, our minds are, are too cluttered with stuff that, that are not working for us. But if we can see in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, we can say, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, not in half of the things, not in a quarter of things. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So while you're asking God to do something, give him thanks as he as like he's already done it. Like he's already going to do it. Once somebody gets that in the that gets that practice a lot more into effect in their lives, then when things happen, they're like, oh no, 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 no. God got me out of the last one, and he gonna get me out of this one. I ain't gonna sit here and allow anxiety and try to no 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 no. I've already learned that my life is not in my hands. My life is in God's hands. So I've already learned that nothing that I plan for and nothing that I do will ever come out 100% the way that I expect it to. What I need to work on and what I need to understand is that my relationship with God is 100% authentic and real regardless of what ends up happening. Why? Because when 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 you're not anxious, and you're giving thanks to God as you pray and you supplicate and you and you t- and you tell him your request and so on and so forth and your petitions. Then guess what? You're already giving him thanks for something that he hasn't even done yet because your mind is clear that he's going to do it in the first place. Boom. So you almost got to be confident, but confidence is not going to be present if the anxiety is present. You have to do one or the other. You can't be anxious confidently <laughs> you know what I'm saying you can't be you can't be confidently anxious with pinky up in the air you cannot do that you're either you're either one or the other you're either confident or you're anxious questions comments or concerns okay so let's go uh, we're gonna finish with this one and we're gonna deal with this one um, a little bit differently, I guess. Uh, the past. The past is a, a reason or justification for somebody's emotion. And the reason why I put it like that is because the past is a good justification or reason why people act the way that they do. Yeah, just do it. Whatever happened to you two years ago messed you up so bad that you're treating everybody two years presently now like garbage. That they had nothing to do with it. So all of a sudden now your justification is that you've been hurt or that you've been betrayed or that you're sick and tired of stank attitudes and so on. Listen, I, I'm sick and tired of stank attitudes because in my opinion, there's no reason for you to have a stank attitude for no reason. You know what I'm saying? If you have a good reason, hey, look, I'm good. But if we're sitting there and, and, and I'm at a baseball game, there's no reason why you need to have an attitude at the hot dog vendor because the hot dogs are $6. You knew for well you were coming to a baseball game. It ain't no $3, a dollar fifty hot dogs. So you can't be upset at something that you knew for well was gonna happen or the possibility of something happening. So if we look at the past, we need to be like, hey, I can't change it. I deal with that. I dealt with that today. I was talking to my wife today and I was I was I was tripping, man. I was I was I was almost losing it because I, I just, there's moments, man, where I'm just kind of like, I, I can't get over this hump. I cannot get over this hump of feeling like a failure, 
of 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 being incomplete, not in my life, but just finishing, not finishing things or making it seem like that. And so, so I have to battle that consistently and overcome that with like, nah, uh-uh. I finished everything that I was made to start. So even though I didn't finish it the way that I expected it to, it finished when it needed to finish. But the important part, Joey, is that you started it. You didn't stay home twiddling your thumbs. You started something. But I'll tell you what, just like anxiety, the past ain't never going to let you up. It's going to bite you in the butt somehow, in some way. It's going to be in your face. And I'm going to tell you real honest with you, you might even be, whether you're here or those of you who are listening to podcast, your past might even have a face. And every time you see that blessed face, damn nabbit, you, 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 you get so ticked off. And your whole attitude changes because that pad, that face reminds you of that, that nastiness, that experience that you had, that foul taste that you got in your mouth, a face. And so the longer that we, that we let that fester in our lives as well, just like anxiety, the more angrier, bitter, and and just, just nasty you're going to be. So this is, like I said, I put here, this is probably the biggest reason someone's emotions would affect their spiritual growth. It doesn't specifically or especially need to be when you were a child. The past includes something that happened yesterday. So something that happened to you yesterday could, is your past. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't go back. It's done. It's the past. Something that happened to you an hour ago, that's it. It's gone. So anything that you can't go back to is your past. It's done. But it's amazing how we drag our past into our present. It, it blows my mind. It, it, it makes me upset because I'm like, yo, I should, I should be over this garbage. And I'll tell you what, the past is sneaky. The past doesn't force himself. The, listen, I want to share that with y'all. When you're when you're struggling with your past, and that is your reason or your justification to be with your stankness. Okay, or with your with your bitterness or whatever else that you're going through, when you use that as justification as a reason, I'm telling you, the past doesn't sneak up on you. The past is remembered by you. You understand what I'm saying? So the past is not just gonna, it's not like a person that's just gonna walk by and be like, hey, nah, 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 nah. It's something that you and I remember. Cause I'll tell you what, if, if, if I wouldn't take out time to remember the things that I was told or the things that I felt or the things or the way that I feel now, because of something that I did a long time ago, the past wouldn't affect me. The only reason why the past is affecting me now is because it's me bringing it up. Ain't nobody else bringing it up. I mean, I'm pretty sure commented to, oh, well, you know, you did this two years ago. Yeah, that's right. I, that was two years ago. I, I need to be changing my outlook on and my outline on, on what they think. But the majority of the time, let's just be real honest with you. Let, let's just be real honest right now with you and me. The past is brought up by ourselves. Yeah, it can be brought up by other people in a conversation. But when it's present with us, it's because we went back and we got it. We took it by the hand and we said, listen, stay here with us. Because it's the only reason, it could be the only reason why you're so far from God or the only reason why you don't want anything to do with God. But your past is only with you because you have it. The past doesn't force himself on you. 
So I, I truly believe that it's, it's, it's a real big issue that we deal with. So let's look at Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 14. I have it here. And then we're going to look at uh, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. So let's look up Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 14. It's the same book, uh, just a chapter before that, okay? Now look at the past. It says, Brethren, I do not count myself to be, have apprehended. Now I'm reading from the New King James Version, so it might be different. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and in the past and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? So Paul was basically saying, listen, brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself to know it all and have it all. But I do one thing. And that's I forget what's behind me and I focus where I need to go. So if 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 you heard me and you understood what I was talking to you about, that it's no one else and the past doesn't force itself upon, but we we bring it. This is a confirmation. Because Apostle Paul was saying, listen, I, one thing that I do, one thing I do, I may not have it all and I may not know it all and I may not be all, but one thing I do, no one else can do it for me. One thing I do is I forget what's behind me. That's confirmation that the only reason why he's, that the past is not bugging him is because he did his job of forgetting his past. So if you and I take out a lot of time to remember our past and what people done to us, it will always be our justification to never get close to God. It will always be our reason to be stank. It will always be our reason. But you cannot, we cannot sit here and keep justifying that this is the reason why. Because the past doesn't come into our lives unless we invite it in. Because the only person who really knows exactly word for word, feeling by feeling, what we went through intimately, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally is us. So if the past is kicking your behind and kicking my behind, ain't nobody else's fault and nobody else's responsibility of that happening other than ourselves. Because even if they would call me, oh, three years ago, you were fat and ugly. If I get to the point where I let that get to me, and I'm ticked off about something that they said, oh, I was fat and ugly three years ago. Why would I get upset at that? If it was three years ago. What the heck am I doing getting mad at? Holding on to something that we don't need to be holding on to. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Holding on to something that you don't need. Do you see what I'm saying? And then we justify it by saying, oh, I don't see God because, you know, I'm not perfect. Get out of my face with that garbage. The only reason why somebody doesn't see God in their lives is because their past could be the reason why they don't do it in the first place. Because like you said, we're holding on to something that we shouldn't be holding on to. So then why the heck do we do it for? Oh, well, because, you know, it's just part of us. No, that's bull. That's bull. Okay. The past is only going to affect you when it is present with you. And the only reason why it's present with you is because you, the person, you, not you who are watching and you who are listening, but you in general brought it in. You haven't let it go. We just talked about it. You can't really overcome something that you deny. If you deny that your past is a big problem of why you, why you haven't um, gotten better, then that's nobody else's fault. It's your past that is affecting you to moving forward.
So with this, we finish. Uh, any comments? Anybody want to share? Remember, this is a group class. This is all good. It's intimate. It's a dullum. We're all in the cave together. All in the cave together. All right. Um, so one thing that comes up to me, and I don't know that there's a scripture related to this, but one thing that I think about in my life is I don't want to waste my time. And if I waste my time, like we all, we're gonna, if we're again, we're human. We're all gonna have worry. We're all gonna have anxiety from time to time. But if we're letting it consume ourselves the way that you've been discussing that it's called night, um, this whole uh, devotion, Bible study, then we're going to miss out on what God has for us. And we're going to waste our time and we're never going to get to where we want to go. So I, I always think about that. And I even have something on my desk at work that says, like, today is a new beginning. It's sometimes just a simple statement that you tell yourself. Today is a new beginning. I'm not going to focus on what happened yesterday because I'm going to waste my time and time is precious. And you don't know how many days in this life you are given, but mm -hmm. we're all given the same 365, you know, seven days a week, 40, 40 hours in the day. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And so what you decide to focus your time on is your loss or you, and that is up to you. So I always try and frame it that way. And I'm sure that I hope there's a verse out there. I'm sure there is, but that's just kind of my philosophy. And I think the other thing that just in like kind of, um, perspective for the whole thing that you've been talking about tonight is just finding those one or two centering things that you have you start to spiral when you start to have anxiety what do you pay to cry sometimes when things happen but what do you do to then center yourself and get yourself out of that spiral and um you know everybody has but like make it a positive thing is it thing is it that you um, watch a funny video? Is it that you pray a certain prayer? Is it that you just say, I'm gonna go read the Bible and see what it tells me, but that you have something that is like your go-to that, like you said, when trouble happens, what do you do? And that you don't default to that old way of just spiraling. Mm -hmm. But what do you do to default? What is your new default now that you recognize and understand this whole concept yeah yeah and and that's what i'm saying and and that's that's exactly what it's about because um one of the verses like i said if you were saying kind of that verse that we just read right now philippians 3 13 and 14 says it you know it, you don't want to waste any time and the only reason why we were wasting time is keep thinking about what happened keep thinking about what's what's bringing us down and if we let go of our past we're not going to waste any time why because we're focusing on our present so we can get to our future and that's what it comes down to. Yes. And that's Amen. what it comes down to. So uh, let's look at Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, and then we'll finish it for tonight. Okay. Isaiah 43, um, 18 and 19. For those of you listeners who are on the podcast, um, Isaiah and who are starting out in, in the faith, Isaiah is close to the middle of the Bible. Um, and it's after Psalms and Psalms is almost the middle of the Bible as well. So it is in the Old Testament, Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. Right, and I'm going to read it. It says, uh, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I love that because it's now about yeah, 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 I love it too. Why? Because it wasn't a prophet saying it, it was the God Almighty Himself. That was reported by the prophet as he's speaking to his people. He said, listen, 
do not remember the four things. He's, he's telling you. He's not asking you. He's telling you, do not. Do not remember. And he's not saying it. Don't let anybody remind you. Don't know. No, he's saying do not. When it says do not, he's making it singular. He's making it personal. He's basically saying nobody else can do this. Or better yet to say, cannot do this other than yourself. Do not remember the things of the old. So if your life sucked and your actions sucked and your attitude sucked, you know, last year, three weeks ago, you cannot do nothing about what you did, but you can fix what you did three weeks ago today. You can fix your attitude. You can fix your mentality. You can fix your thought process, but you cannot remember the things of old. If you're going to remember, remember them as you're giving them to God. Because if you keep them to yourself, they're going to be, it's going to keep you farther away from God himself. If you're going to remember your past, remember them to give it to him. Don't keep it. He's saying, do not remember the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. He's basically saying, pay attention. I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to put, I'm listen, I'm going to make sure that I put a road in the wilderness where nothing was at and it was, it was barren. I'm going to put something there. I'm going to put something lively in there. I'm going to put something with life in there. And at the same time, I'm going to put a rivers where it was dry. So he's basically saying, I'm going to fulfill every need if you do not remember the old. If you and I continue to remember the old and the past, God's promise of making a road in the wilderness, right, and putting a river in the desert will not come to pass. Why? Because the second part of that verse Okay, which is behold, I'm doing a new thing. I will put a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That's what he's going to do. That's what he's telling you I'm going to do. But for us to see that personally, we have to look at verse 18. 19 is his part and his promise. 18 is our responsibility. Do you see that? So for us to see roads in the wilderness to see God do a new thing and to see God put rivers in in the in our in our deserts, we need to forget the past. We need to forget the things of old. If we don't, those rivers and those roads and that new thing will never happen. And there will always be a justification for you to realize, oh, God doesn't do this in my life, or God hasn't blessed me yet, or God hasn't used me yet, or God hasn't took me out of it. It could be because you haven't done your part by not remembering your past. So I'm encouraging all of you today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, all of you who are listening as well, is that you put your foot forward. Just start with the first step and figure out, and this is for anybody who really wants to know how to overcome their situation and build a relationship with God and get out of their cave. That's what, that's what we're doing. This is, this is all about realizing that we're not the only ones in a spiritual cave and a mental cave that we've been in for a long time. Okay. I'm telling y'all, if you, if you want to overcome something, if you really want to get to from point A to point B, start with the first step, start with the first step and God will continue to give you the strength and the wisdom to take the next steps. Okay. So thank you for, thank you for being with me tonight. I pray that God continue to bless you. For those of you in the podcast, I want to let you know that you can keep doing what you got to do, but just make sure you do your best to stay on point. God bless you.